everybody. Welcome to Tattoo Freaks and Business Suits, recorded live in our houses from the Personal Touch Career Services in Denver, Colorado. I am your host, Donna Shannon, and as a professional career coach, I hit the wrong button on the audio, so enough for the music. That was nice while it lasted. <laughs> live radio, so much fun, right? Anyways, as I was saying, I am a professional career coach. I do know what I'm doing in some capacities, and that is helping people navigate the hiring maze to get to those jobs that they really love. In addition to working with job seekers one-on-one, -on -one, I do have a book available. You can find Get a Job Without Going Crazy on Amazon. Today, my guest is Danielle Mendich with Inner Compass Coach. Is it that correct? Did I get it right? You did. Oh, and you even have your compass behind you. How on <laughs> brand. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Danielle is a fellow career coach, and we'll let her introduce herself a little bit more in just a moment. So for our show, the purpose is to really explore and redefine the world of work, especially as Gen X millennials and those to come after seek positions of leadership that still allow them to be themselves. So every show, uh, every show we explore a topic related to business or job searching. And of course, we're going to talk about tattoos. Our sponsor is the Personal Touch Career Services, Denver's top-rated career coaches. We focus on the practical tools for your job search, so that's resumes, LinkedIn profiles, job search coaching, and ongoing classes. So check out our ridiculously long website. That is personaltouchcareerservices.com. Once again, that's personaltouchcareerservices.com. Or, you know, you can just Google it. It's probably the easiest way to get there. So hi, Danielle. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Donna. Thank you for asking. Good deal. Good deal. So uh, our topic for today is really, you know, about having some hope about like the whole employment market and this world of work as we, you know, really adjust to the whole world of COVID and everything. And, you know, today is April 3rd. I feel like I always have to do an update every single day, 2020, just to define that a little better. And it's certainly been an interesting week in the news. Uh, but before we get into that, why don't you tell me a little bit more about yourself? Yes. Well, Donna, I know you do the resumes, covers, LinkedIn profile, pretty much the job search function of career coaching. I do the work before you work with Donna, which is helping clients identify their career direction. And my background is as a clinical social worker, where I started off my career as a therapist, and I integrate a lot of my therapy background to help my clients identify their career direction, and that includes going back to childhood to help them understand what motivates them so deeply and where they best problem solve and how that translates to their career direction. Great. Great. And uh, so interesting enough, you started your career coaching in 2009. I know you weren't doing your own business then. Uh, you didn't fully launch into your business until 2014. But that's certainly an interesting time. It was back in the, you know, for last big recession that we saw. And uh, how did you really get involved in the career coaching at that point? Yeah, it was by complete happenstance. Um, I was working with Colorado Youth for a Change. And I was working with high school dropouts to help them re-enroll in educational programs, and I got placed at a high school that was located on Pickens Technical College campus, and what would happen is we would assist our students with credit recovery and then use their tuition to help the students um, enroll in 
uh, Pickens Technical College or Community College of Aurora. So what happened was I um, ended up being put in charge of the college and careers class and I was assisting my students with the college and careers process and that's how my career changed. And it was really interesting because at the time we were at um, the height of the economic downturn and I was seeing like in terms of hiring, um, we were needing people in the healthcare profession. We were needing people in tech, kind of those careers that were essential. And it's so fascinating because um, now we're seeing that again. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I actually launched my business in 2009 as well. And I took it uh, kind of a conservative route in that I was doing my business part-time and then I was still working part-time and doing some accounting and HR stuff with this biodiesel firm. And I did that transition, honestly, about over the course of like a year and a half, two years. Uh, so that's one of those things too. Like even in this kind of turbulent economy that we're in with all the coronavirus stuff going on, it is still possible to start looking for things that you're more passionate about to do because interesting enough, we do have some bridges available. I mean, a lot of people have been laid off. There was like last week, 6.6 .6 million people applied for unemployment. It was 3 million the week before that. But because of things like the CARES Act and the expansion on the unemployment, I think it actually gives people some freedom to explore other things they might wanna do while they've got some financial support to help through this current temporary economic crisis. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, a lot of my clients have been, you know, when you start looking at job sites and you start seeing what's out there, there is still a variety of roles, but they're in the companies that are what we deem as essential right now. Amazon, you know, delivering uh, delivery services, um, I'm seeing, I still saw some marketing positions, but for healthcare companies, for example. So um, I think it is an incredible time to evaluate, especially if you have been laid off or if you are finding some more downtime right now, what it is you really want and know that the economy will pick up again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you noticing with your clients, Donna? Like what is the realities they're reporting to you and... So it's really interesting because, you know, we do primary part of our business is the resume writing and LinkedIn profiles. That's what most people come to us for. But we're seeing an uptick in like the people who are investing in our coaching programs. Because yes, they recognize, and part of our coaching programs does include like resume rewrites and things like that. So they're like, yep, let me get my tools in order right now, get a jump on the curve and start actually learning some of these advanced job searching techniques because we're gonna see some unprecedented numbers. Like in the recession, so 2008, nine and 10 years, our unemployment was hovering between eight and thir uh, 10%. Mm -hmm. So with the amount of people that have applied for uh, unemployment most recently, that puts us about at 13% unemployment. And we're gonna see more. And I know that number sounds terrifying, but let's define what that number actually means a little bit. So one of the things that business owners were advised over the past two weeks is don't put your employees on furlough. So don't hold on to them and just make you know promises that we're gonna bring back when we can. They were advised, all these small business owners, and I am one, I didn't lay anybody off. Fortunately, in my business model, I don't have to do that. But 
they were told, go ahead and let your employees go because then if you officially let them go, they qualify for unemployment. If you try to furlough or if you reduce their hours like five hours, 10 hours a week to try to help them out, that's not the bridge they needed. So now we see these massive numbers and everybody freaked out. They're like, oh my God, so many people applied for unemployment. It's like, nope, we were following the government's advice on that one. And then the government did come through and they put in the extra money into the stimulus and the CARES Act to help that bridge. So I think we need to get beyond the terror of those numbers think about it a little bit more logically and reasonably and go, oh, okay, that actually makes sense. Is that, you know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. Because there, for example, I think about um, hospitality, restaurants, for the businesses that survive this, they are going to hire again. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're going to have to. Um, it is a loss of income now. You know, a, a restaurant is never going to be able to recuperate um, their lost income. But when they reopen, they will need people to come back and serve. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there are going to be businesses that can re recuperate their income as well. I know for me, I've had a, um, a small downturn with my personal business. But I do believe that once, you know, the economy starts getting stimulated and reopens again, I'm going to see more clients come back because more hiring is going to happen again. Mm -hmm. So um, I really do believe that we will see some businesses that won't be able to recuperate and other ones that will. But what's going to happen is when things start reopening again, we're going to have to have people go back to work. Yeah. And so right now, while their income may be from the government, down the road, their income could be from their former employer or new employer. And, you know, the other thing, Donna, too, is we don't know what businesses and industries are going to emerge from this. Because mm -hmm. yep. we often see innovation. We've seen some of the best companies come up with innovations at the upturn of um, a recession or even at the beginning of a recession because they see a need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Historically, this is going to sound awful, but this is this is historically true. Yeah. So, you know, from like the Dark Ages and the Black Plague, mm -hmm. uh, one of the big kickoffs for the, um, oh, I'm going to space out on the name, the Renaissance, right? They directly correlate the in intellectual rise of the Renaissance to the impact from the Black Plague because all the servant class, you know, a lot of them passed away so now all of a sudden you had to have innovation for to how do you get the crops pulled and how do you get all this extra work done so it led to a whole bunch of invention and then people had more time on their hands and they could explore things like science and art and you know exploring the globe and things like that i do not think the corona is going to be the same as the black plague so please nobody take that out of context <laughs> but, um but there is some innovation like uh, this is one of the things that you were mentioning that you actually some have some hope about because we saw some negative effects from our recession before where like the work-life balance got really out of whack and what's your take on that yeah yeah and I, I appreciate you asking that because um, 
you know, the re reason we got into this conversation in the first, the first place was I wrote an article on LinkedIn about how during the 2009 economic recession, we were using the existing workforce that had not been laid off. And we were asking one person to do the work of three people. Mm -hmm. And we were paying them less. We were stretching them more and more. And I will tell you, Donna, most of my clients come to me because of the biggest complaint that they don't have work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, I think we are having people being forced to work from home, take care of the needs of their kids because we don't have childcare. Mm -hmm. And um, all of a sudden we're starting to notice what can we actually do from home? Mm -hmm. And so um, we're starting to see what happens when we don't require people to sit in traffic to go to work. They get a couple of hours back of their day. We also get to see where people can be productive with their time from home. And so I think we're going to see our workforce reclaim some of the work-life balance that we lost during the last economic downturn. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's hard. I, I'm sure some people are thinking, oh man, she's full of it when I'm saying this, because here you're probably working with your young children and trying to balance all of that. But I cannot help but wonder after this is all done, what's going to be the outcomes of this? Yeah. And I think they're going to be positive. I yeah. do. Yeah. And think about this too is FlexJobs, uh, FlexJobs.com, if you're not familiar with that website, it's a great resource to go and check out uh, positions that are contract or work from home or part-time, things like this. Uh, they released a report that on average, people who work from home save $4,000 a year, you know, for their like commuting costs and car wear and tear and, and those kind of things. And I always had a lot of people come to me saying they wanted to try working from home one to two days a week and have that flexibility in their schedule. Well, now most companies I'm seeing are over the scramble of how do we develop a remote workforce. And now they've put that infrastructure in place that I think those options are going to be permanent for many people. I hope they are. Yeah, I really hope they are. But I also agree with that. I think um, they're going to see the benefits also of what can happen when we let an employee care for a child that's sick instead of having them take the half day off. Instead, what would it mean if they picked up their child and when the child's napping, go back to work? I mm. think we're going to start seeing these benefits of allowing not just flexibility of working from home, but flexing the day as well. And seeing where people truly can be productive, giving them autonomy of how they spend their time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, one of the resources you cited was the Rising Phoenix Business Community. What is that? Yeah, so Chuck Blakeman is a um, entrepreneur out of, uh, I think it's a, uh, Cherry Creek or, um, oh goodness, Centennial, Centennial, Colorado. And he has a business development group called Crankset. And um, he has owned many businesses and he realizes that we are needing to create um, resilience amongst small businesses and get gig workers. So the Rising Phoenix business community is a forum that he's doing once a week. 
And um, I, I don't remember the dates and times he's doing it. I believe it's Monday mornings. And if you go to risingphoenixbusinesscommunity.com, you can find out more. But he is interviewing um, business owners that are using and becoming very creative and ingenious on how they're going to weather this storm. So the reason that I share that resource with you, Donna, is because um, we're seeing businesses become really creative. Um, a couple of weeks ago when I was listening in, he interviewed Hans Brewer, who is, um, he has a distillery. And what happened was they can't produce, you know, the, the, their uh, drinks anymore because they're not able to distribute and bars and, you know, the restaurants are not open to serve them. Mm -hmm. So what he's been doing is making hand sanitizer instead because they have the alcohol to be able to do it in the fermentation process. And they've been distributing this um, product to hospitals. And um, originally he wasn't charging because he wanted to do it out of the goodness of his heart, but hospitals realize it takes a lot of money to produce. So instead now they have found a way to pay so that they can keep the operation open. So it's just a really great example of how um, companies are being very um, creative about what they're doing to be of service at this time. And so it's a great resource. And I find a lot of inspiration finding out how people are modifying or tweaking what they're doing so that they can still use the skill set that they love, but maybe find to do it in a different way. Right. And that kind of goes back to our original conversation of um, taking the time to figure out what you love, but finding out a way to do it in this changing time, this changing economy. Yeah. Yeah. And there's definitely some advantage. And I will admit, you know, when I was hearing all the, the numbers for the unemployment and stuff like that, and, you know, I did get in a direct press kind of headspace and I am not a natural optimist. You know, and I tend to run a little bit on the negative side anyways. And part of me really just wanted to go, ah, this is so pointless. I'm not going to work today. I'm just going to sit around and watch Tiger King or whatever. But I also recognize that this is valuable time for me as well. You know, our client have gone down. I'm not going to lie about that. So it gave me an opportunity to do one of my favorite things in the world and read lots of tax support websites <laughs> and put a lot of effort into improving my own website. Now I know how to do things a lot better, but oh my God, it was so painful doing that. And probably if I had just invested some time into a Udemy course or some other kind of certifications, it wouldn't have been so painful. But you know, now it's a great opportunity to expand your learning so that when these jobs come back, and if you're in one of those situations where your specific industry or job type doesn't recover as much because the world changed, now you can invest into that education, even simple certifications on Udemy to move more towards a job of what you really love. And yes, employers will still value people who are passionate about what they do. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I've, um, I've been taking a class on Khan Academy, there's Coursera, there's Codex Academy, there's so many out there that have really quality um, trainings and online courses. So um, I, I can't express, I know I'm taking advantage of this time to up level my skill set too. And um, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting time for sure. Yeah. So thanks for bringing that up, Donna. I think it's really important. 
Yeah, yeah, and especially in the way that you help your clients as well. Because sometimes there's that bridge, I run into this all the time. Uh, are you familiar with, oh, you're the one who told me about this. There's a awesome website out there called youscience.com. So that's Y-O-U-Science.com. And I'm not usually the kind of counselor or coach that uses a lot of personality testing or Myers-Briggs or things like that. I'm, I'm not, that's not my area of expertise. But Science is amazing because it has all these different aptitudes that it tests and things and different types of intelligences like spatial reasoning and logic and math and all the rest of the vocabulary. And then it shows you at the end, you know, about 300 possible careers that could fit you. And mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll have my clients go through this and then they get to the end of that and they go, well, this says I should be a psychologist, but I'm not going back to school. Yes, I'm fascinated with that, but I'm not going to do that. It's like, well, you know what? Maybe it's time. Since here you are stuck at home, explore some options. Maybe going back and getting a full degree is not realistic at this point, but what are some things that we can do to get creative, to tie back into jobs that we're actually passionate about and not just stuff to pay the bills? Absolutely. And I actually, I think this, we, we did another podcast before Donna and we talked about this, you know, just because a test says you should be a psychologist, it, maybe that is your innermost desire to be a psychologist, but it, you may not have the time, the energy to be able to do that. But how can you integrate more of that into your career? Mm -hmm. How can you have more of your needs met? Um, I, I will tell you, Donna, as a coach, I always look at careers not as like your dream job. I don't use that language anymore. It doesn't resonate with me, but I always say you have these needs and your needs are really important. And how do you find a career that meets more of them? Because when we tap more of our needs and we feel those needs being met, it lets us feel um, our likeness, what's important to us, what's meaningful to us. So maybe you're not meant to be a psychologist, you know, going back to that example, but maybe there's more ways to integrate components of that to bring more fulfillment or meaning. Right. It's like, I always score high on being a teacher. Uh -huh. I am not going to go back and teach kids or things like that. I'm, I'm no, uh -uh, that's not going to happen. But every, something I've done from the very, very first, when I started doing all this stuff in 2004, it was, I love teaching job seekers better ways to find jobs. Mm -hmm. I love seeing that spark in their eye when they suddenly realize, oh, it's not me personally, and it's not my qualifications. It's my strategies and how I've been executing my job search and realizing here's the tools to change all that. And just the relief in their face and the rekindling of hope. Yeah, that's, that's the kind of teaching that I love. Yeah. Yeah, it's integrating the components that are really important to you, but doing it in a way that's meaningful. And if it's not kids, but it's adults that are, um, you, you know, going through the job search part process, it's amazing that you can use that skill that brings you so much joy in a way that's um, meaningful to you. It's, mm -hmm. it's amazing. Yep. Yeah. 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 Another thing I like to point out too, is people will take you as seriously about something as you take yourself. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I have been able to do since our, you know, we've got a little bit more downtime is I, I do stand-up comedy on the side and actually make even a little bit of money on that. I'm a professional comic. I've been paid. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> I mean, I Love made it. $50 the last year. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But uh, 
so me and some of my other comics are doing Friday nights, uh, like a live virtual comedy show. So I put to relaunched my uh, creative business and building the website for that and did the Facebook page and the YouTube page and it's coming together and it's starting to look like, you know, a professional site. And that's the difference between being a hack and being a comic who can be taken seriously, which sounds oh. funny. Amazing. <laughs> I'm a serious that. comic. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, you know, it, it's, I can relate a lot because um, I've been, you know, you actually inspired me several years ago with your book to write a book. And um, I'm now on the third version of testing my workbook out. It's called To Come Full Circle. And um, it uses, basically what it does is it uses childhood memories to help my clients um, clarify their career direction. And um, I've been using this time to test it and get feedback on it. And I haven't had that time when I was, you know, working 40 hours, you know, 20 hours with clients, which equates to a 40 hour work week schedule. I just didn't have the time and energy to devote the level I have been. And, um, you know, the other piece is I'm kind of creating a different version of it for students because there's a big part of me that's feeling called to work with students again, Donna. And I think it, they the need it. Yeah. And, you know, I, that's how I started my career back in 2009 in college and careers, but um, I've just been missing working with kids. And, you know, this, it, the, the COVID is making me realize like, wait a minute, there's a big part of me that wants to go back to that. And so now I'm ha in conversations with how can I use this version of the workbook in community colleges, high school programs and mm -hmm. get it tested out. And uh, it is just filling my cup. I'm not quite working with students yet because obviously um, we're, we're not in that space to have those conversations and work with students directly, but I'm getting that set up and it's just, it's filling my cup. And so yeah. I love that you're using this time to fill your cup with the comedy piece. Um, because I think that I, 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 and this is something I wanted to talk to you about is that piece of motivation. Cause mm -hmm. I do know right now from my current clients I'm working with that motivation is a piece that's been really challenging for them. Mm -hmm. And um, I am feeling so motivated right now, which um, I, I you know, I'm, I'm showing a lot of empathy to them, but I'm kind of curious for you, what's happening with your clients in terms of motivation? Because I think it's something important to talk about right now. Yeah, usually the ones that are engaging with me are a little bit more motivated than the people sitting around watching Tiger King, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I did have a client I was coaching the other day and you know, we're going through the set curriculum and we're talking about the part about dealing with HR and tracking down hiring managers. And she goes, is this still even relevant? I mean, is your agenda still relevant? I'm like, it's more relevant today than ever before. When everyone is gonna be clamoring for these positions, knowing how to reach out to managers, track down their contact information, get in touch with them, set up informational interviews, build a strong network, when you when the floodgates open up again and HR starts hiring, you're not going to be competing against 100 applicants. You're going to be competing against 500 applicants. And having the resume dialed in on the keywords and getting through the computers is part of the program. But the big side of job searching is and has always been the networking and getting in front of the decision makers. Not in front of HR. They already have your stuff. 
it's the decision makers that you need to track down. Absolutely. And I think you're speaking to something that even though right now, if hiring slower, um, we're laying out breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? We're kind of laying them out towards the things that are important to us that may open to us two to three months down the road or may manifest differently than we thought. Mm -hmm. And so for the client that you were talking about that was skeptical about making those connections for my clients who have been saying, wow, it's been really hard to stay motivated. I think the message is, you know, it's just kind of trusting in something greater that we're laying out this, you know, the breadcrumbs for something greater. It's just a matter of time of when it's going to manifest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we get to come to one of my favorite parts of the show, which is the tattoo of the day. But Danielle, you don't have any tattoos. I don't. I don't. <laughs> for, for good reason. Yes, yes. For religious <laughs> reasons, I don't have tattoos. But um, I do want to ask you, we, we did a trial run of this. We thought we were recording last week and accidentally didn't, um, it didn't work. So yeah. but you shared a really meaningful story about your favorite tattoo or your most meaningful tattoo. And I think it's so worth hearing it again because um, it even gives me a little emotional thinking about what you shared last week. So would you be open to sharing that again? Yeah, sure. So uh, one of my favorite tattoos, it's certainly not the most beautiful one that I have, but it's on my upper right arm. It's a cover up and it's like a beer, uh, big black bear paw. And like the pet, main pad of the paw is like really long and elongated because that's the cover up part. But I actually had that done when I got married to my second husband and uh, his name was Mike. And we had been married for, it was close to three years and it was about two and a half years and then he passed away. So uh, that bear paw means a lot to me because, um, I mean, it was 17 years ago. Obviously he didn't die of COVID or anything, yeah. but um, it was funny because uh, after that, I was working at this company that teaches household management and we had to dress very formal all the time. So in the summer, I, my business jackets had the shorter sleeves and the very bottom part of my tattoo would poke out of the end of that. And the owner of the company just really, really hated that tattoo. Anytime she saw it, she would be like, Ugh, it just looks like this whole huge bruise on your arm. And I'm like, really? You know, if you asked me what it meant and the real significance of it, maybe your opinion would change, but I, I get it. Not every, it's not everybody's thing. And you know, it, private service household management is a very, very conservative industry. And you know, when some of the candidates even put down that they have no tattoos on their application, that's like a real thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was kind of the outlier there, but you know, all my tattoos mean something and that's definitely one of the more important ones although i think when all this covid stuff is over and done with and i think uh, this might sound weird but i think i'm going to get like a little biohazard symbol on me and then put like like the old timey banner like the banner script that says mom and just put survivor on there oh, i like it i, like I don't it. think i had corona but if, assuming that my business will survive, which I know it will, that's part of being a survivor too. I like that. 
I like that. There you go. So people feel free to steal my tattoo idea because that one's cool. <laughs> Maybe I'll do it as a temporary tattoo on my arm. <laughs> there you go. You could get it like a henna tattoo or something like that. Ew, exactly. exactly. When we're all allowed to get out of the house and like go out somewhere, I'll even tell you, man, anytime they're eating on restaurants on TV, I'm all like, I want to go to IHOP. <laughs> I want to go get Indian food. Oh. <laughs> I don't care they can bring it to the house. I want to go there and sit down and have them bring me the food. It's like, Be out of the space that we're in 24-7 right now, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, thanks again for joining me, Danielle, for not once but twice. I think we didn't get it this time. For everyone else out there who's listening at home, thank you very much for joining us. If you like what you heard, give us a like and a follow. Maybe a comment. If you didn't like it, you can Thank you very much, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.